Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Day 339, day 352, since Joey said he wouldn't abandon our fellow Americans. Coming up on the one-year mark, nobody talks about it. Everyone's turned the page. We start today with a bit of good news. You know the case of this, well, if if you're Jill Biden, you call it Bogoda worker, a bodega worker, uh, Jose Alba. Remember, this guy was attacked. Guy walked behind the counter and started attacking him through, you know, pushed him to the ground and uh, was attacking him. The girlfriend had the knife, et cetera. Anyway, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg this morning dropped all charges against the deli worker, the bodega worker, Jose Alba, who had to defend himself and stabbed an attacker earlier this month. Uh, and anyway, they had charged him with second degree murder, possession, criminal possession of a weapon, sent him to Rikers Island Prison, which is the uh, hellhole. I've actually been there. I spoke at Rikers. Didn't go over particularly well, Linda. Uh, you might remember that. Um, I went there and and I went there and it was a religious group, a Christian group. And I just started talking real to these guys. And I said, do you mind if I just be real with them? You know, Half of you are coming back here and half of you are not coming back. Which one do you want to be? You want to be the one that comes back? Fine. Go go live your life without being free to go to McDonald's, go on a date with a girl, have your own apartment, come and go as you're free in life, be productive with your life. I went through this whole thing. I just dropped a few curse words in there to make my point and didn't particularly go over well because guess what? I never got asked back, Linda. Is that a surprise? That's not very surprising, although I understood your approach and what you were trying to do. Well, I watched, I sat there for an hour, and they had a, a, a pastor guy, and literally these guys were coming out of their skin, stopping their feet, like, shut up, we've heard enough. They couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, because so it's, up, it feels it's like a lecture much. instead of a conversation. So I said to them, first thing I said, I'm only going to speak anywhere between five and ten minutes. No more than ten minutes, I promise you. And they, like, started clapping. They're like, thank God you're going to get us get out of here. Uh, they couldn't take it anymore. Anyway, but any, so it's not a nice place to go to. Um, and I went there with the right intentions, and I tried to be real with them. And I tried to point out what life is like on the outside versus the inside. And life is full of choices. Which choices are you going to make when you get on the outside? And then the most important thing I felt, I told them, as I said, you know, a lot of you have been hanging out with the wrong people. Maybe they're members of your own family. Maybe they're your friends that you grew up with, whatever. When you get out of here, I would run as far away from all of them as possible. If that means going to another state, starting over and and working, you know, at, at a menial job, being a custodian, work at a McDonald's, work wherever you can get a job because they have programs to help them get back into the workplace. 
I said, go do it and stay and act like you're dead and never take their call ever again. And I said, your life will turn out better. I have no idea if any of them listened to me, but that was my advice. Uh, but anyway, so we have good news in the case of this, this bodega worker. Uh, we have now also additional video. He was please say, I don't want a problem. I please, I don't want a problem. And it's a guy walked behind the counter, pushes him, you know, his back up against one of the walls, pushes him down to the ground. This guy is bigger, stronger, and this guy defended himself. He had no choice. And of course, you know, the, the girlfriend had the knife. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, but at least finally, I think public pressure played a very big role in, in all of that. There's a lot in this. We're going to get into it later with John Lotto's on the program. You know, there's, they, they had a GoFundMe page for this bodega worker, Jose Alba, and they took it down on the GoFundMe page. And the reason they said is our terms of service prohibit fundraising for the legal defense of a violent crime. Well, he was accused of a violent crime, charged with a violent crime. Those charges have now been dropped. So now they should put back on GoFundMe, the GoFundMe page. At this time, the fundraiser has been removed. All donors have been refunded. Now, you might remember what happened. Uh, we showed the video last night on Hannity on TV of this mother who had young children in her house. And you've got this guy, this Minneapolis gunman, Andrew Sunberg, you know, firing these these bullets into this home. And anyway, it ended up a Minneapolis sharpshooter as he's firing bullets at innocent women and children uh, had to take this guy out, which is sad and tragic and you don't want to have happen. But GoFundMe is allowing the GoFundMe page for the guy that was trying to kill this woman and her kids. You know, how do you justify these policies compare the GoFundMe you take down the bodega worker uh, funding page. If you keep up the page of the guy that shot up the apartment where this woman went out when Black Lives Matter showed up protesting, they got yelled at by the mother of the house saying, this is not George Floyd. Look at my house. Look at the bullet holes in the front door and in the windows and inside my house. So um, pretty amazing. There's real anger that is being... Um, pointed it in the direction of this this guy it's spelled differently i think it's pronounced elijah or uh, alicia i'm pretty sure it's elijah uh, dickon he's 22 years old this is this kid is in this indianapolis greenwood park mall and a shooting breaks out you have this guy that has shoots 24 rounds off killed three people and he bravely takes this guy on he had a pistol carry permit and he took the shooter out, probably saving countless lives. We don't know how many. The guy had another 100 rounds stored in a nearby bathroom where he was hiding out before the attack. So he intended probably to keep shooting as long as possible. And we don't know how many people could have died. And now there's fury on the left because he's being called a good Samaritan and a hero by the police chief and by the mayor. He is a hero. He didn't have to put his ass on the line like that, but he did. And as a result, lives were likely saved. Probably many lives were likely saved. And thank goodness this kid had the sense, the, the sensibility, the courage to go there and, and protect innocent people that were being shot at, people that were unarmed, people that had no defense whatsoever. 
You know, I mean, things are just so bad. This, this, this is this mentality. Law and order needs to be on the ballot in November. It just does because if you don't have law and order, safety, security, what do I always say? You can't pursue happiness. You know, you look at major crimes in New York City, and this is, you know, I, I thought things were going to be different under the new mayor, Mayor, mayor Eric Adams. It's not. Major crimes up 37% this year. He was sworn in January 1. Theft of uh, automobiles up a whopping 46.2%. Grand larceny up 49%. Robberies up 39.2%. Burglary, 32.9%. Felony assaults up 18.6%. Rape up 11%. You know, this past weekend, 28 shot, three dead, three days. That's well, welcome to New York. It's the new Chicago. I mean, are they going to do anything about it? I'd like to think so. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I don't know what to do. I'm so torn. I've never seen, now that we've all seen the video of these Uvalde cops, I'm just stunned. They stood around for so long knowing you had an active shooter. Because I know so many people in law enforcement, and it, it's the opposite of every person I know. Everyone in law enforcement that I've talked to about this, I said, what did you think of that? They can't believe it. They're just shocked. I, I, it's unbelievable. I, between that and Americans being humiliated and embarrassed that Joe Biden is begging the Saudis to increase oil production, you, you just can't make any of this stuff up. Arrests in Chicago, by the way, are plummeting. I talked to G- uh, Gianno Caldwell, a friend of mine, he works at Fox. His 18-year-old brother was shot and killed, and nobody seems to care. He can't even get a call back from the detectives in Chicago. You know, they, find only, they found, I think, in the last year, only 12% of people responsible for shootings and killings in Chicago. Los Angeles follow home robberies. You know, it's, it's all over the country. San Francisco, yeah. You know, look what's happening out in San Francisco. It's going straight to hell. There was an article today. 44% of people in San Francisco want to leave. 44% of San Francisco residents plan on leaving in the next few years. Why does anybody want to live where there's nothing but lawlessness? You know, and it's fascinating because then, again, you compare red states to blue states. And you see that, okay, well, people are, are flocking to states that actually take law and order and people's safety and security, you know, seriously. And they want to bring down crime. Um, I have no idea what's going on, but all of these, you know, squad members are pretending that they have handcuffs on when they're, I guess, were protesting before the Supreme Court, and they have, like, people walking them, and they're acting like AOC and, and Congresswoman Tlaib and a bunch of others. I have no idea why they're pretending they have handcuffs on when they don't have handcuffs on. Probably the thing that makes me the angriest today, I'm, I'm not a big celebrity watcher. I really could care less about the royals in Great Britain. I really don't care. I don't really follow it. It's meaningless to me. I'm glad we don't have, quote, royals here uh, bowing and curtsying and, and waving a certain way and, you know, never being able to basically be a human being. Anyway, so I look at Prince Harry and I look at Meghan Markle and these they claim that they want privacy so they get this big expensive house in the most expensive area in a very expensive part of california known as montecito which is a, a suburb of uh, of santa barbara 
some of the most expensive property in the world, Oprah Winfrey, people, you know, that are very wealthy live there. Anyway, conservative Twitter. So Prince Harry, you know, is, is say, they're saying Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are saying over and over again they want privacy. They want privacy. Then they're doing this whole series on Netflix. And then they're doing a, a whole book where they're going to name names and tell everybody. Then they're going to move to New York. And now they're lecturing the United States of America. And I don't really want to get lectured by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle claiming that we're rolling back constitutional rights in the United States in addition to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and that the United States represents a global assault on democracy and freedom, you know, as they go about championing these these progressive left wing causes you know, seem to infer that, you know, the Dobbs decision on a, on Roe v. Wade. And you read between the line, and I don't need Meghan Markle or Prince Harry's point of view. Now, if they want to engage themselves in the public debate, that's fine. But stop lying and saying that you want your privacy. If you want your privacy, you can have it in Montecito in your multi-multi-million dollar home, which I'm not against. But if you move to New York City, you're giving up your privacy because you're going to be seen. You're going to be spotted. You're going to need security, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so stop acting like you're holier than thou and and stop with the lectures. We don't need them. You know, what, what's the next lecture? We're going to get lectured on uh, our belief in the Second Amendment from these people. You know, if you've really wanted privacy, you can have privacy in America. People can be live private lives if you want to live a private life. I never understood all these famous people. I have COVID. Well, why, did he, why, why the compulsion and need to tell the world that you have COVID? You know, I wish you well. I wish I don't want anybody to get sick from COVID. It's not about politics. But it's like everybody feels every single second of their life needs to be online. I don't get it. Thank God I gave up being on social media because it's ridiculous at this point.